bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Welcome to Tom K Politics. Uh-uh. I'm Julie. <laughs> and I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about five-day-old news like we're talking about reality TV. And um, what am I supposed to say? Oh, um, <laughs> it's not always going to be old, dumb gay politics just for July. Well, because we have today's episode and we have our first week off in eight months on the 4th of July. And then we have an evergreen episode on July 11th. And then we're back. Okay. So we've 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 been traveling, you know. Um, well, I hope we still have at least twelve listeners when it's all said and done. Or maybe I don't because I'm sick of fucking politics. <laughs> um, I wonder if this podcast gave me a drinking problem or uh-huh. if I had it anyway. I think it was probably deep seated. Oh, okay. And then it woke it up from my. <laughs> or it was. Dormant. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was dormant. And then you know you know how like something will trigger. You had a trigger. Yeah, I was triggered. You were triggered, and then it woke it. It woke it up. Well, and then that's what happened. Because when you said it was our first day off in eight months, yeah, our first week off, I was like, I'm pretty sure I haven't stopped drinking in eight months, and I'm mm-hmm. sure the 14 listeners are nodding their head like you haven't. Well, yet again, we are hungover. I didn't. I feel the need to disclose that because we sound um, like we have special needs. And um, it is called Dumb Gay Politics, but we're especially dumb when we're hungover and especially today. And so I, I, the reason I tell you guys is because, <laughs> because I need you to know Yay. that. Um, but we originally tried to record this uh-huh. um, on Thursday. Yes. Oh, right. It's now Saturday. This will come out on Tuesday, which right. is why it's always fucking four-day-old news on this tragic old <laughs> Dumb Gay po- Podcast just an uh, old dumb gay political podcast <laughs> with two old dumb gay idiots <laughs> <laughs> two speaking garbage with nothing to say that's right mm, mm, um mm, mm. so uh, uh. so we originally did this thursday we did a call with dorinda mm-hmm. and we weren't drunk and we weren't hung over because i haven't been drinking all week because i've tried to be on a diet but we ran out of time because goddamn Julie has to perform stand-up in two-hour away towns every single day, including tonight because she's going to Palm Springs. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? So that day she was going to San Diego and we ran out of time. But I want to tell you guys that we later coming up in this episode, we have an off-limits with Dorinda. And it just... From Housewives. Oh, yeah. Dorinda Medley from the House, Real Housewives of New York. Right. It really sent me into a depression mm. that I don't have housewives in my life. Right, anymore. because now you just watch politics. Yeah, and it's also I just miss housewives when I heard mm-hmm. her voice. Mm-hmm. Made me really sad. Yeah. Yeah, but at least we got to talk to her and relive those those good times. Um let me set this timer even <laughs> though um 
I didn't set it before. God, okay. This is how well, it was you, funny how because when we've been talking, I don't know, five minutes because when she was because <laughs> when she was talking it, she brought up stuff from the show and we just acted like we knew what she was talking about. Right. That's right. When you when y'all hear it, it's going to be like I've been saying y'all more for some reason. I uh, know you got your your te- what is it? Your, your Texas I, I reg- regressed yesterday and I kept saying y'all last night and I, maybe it's because I was around Ronnie. I don't know. Oh, oh right. my God. Um. Obviously, I had many years of my life where I said y'all, but I guess I'm going back to it. Anyway, when y'all hear it later, <laughs> you can hear us. She's like bringing up some shit with Ramona and we're like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't believe she said that. <laughs> we like, yeah, we have no idea. We're like making eye contact with each other. Yep. Now, she said she didn't really want to talk about the show, right. which was great since we haven't been watching. However, Ooh. she picked that she could talk at 10 a.m. And her emails are very... Um, short and there's no punctuation and they come three days after like mm-hmm. the communication with her is very like we don't know is she drunk too like right, us right, or right. does she have an assistant that right. we don't know but the emails have no punctuation they're one line and you know they come at odd hours so it's like when are you available to do the call our friend shira our friend fran listener shira <laughs> um set it up and it was, you know, we were, we know the Bravo PR team because of People's Couch and stuff, but, um, and we know Dorinda. We met her at, yeah. you know. Melissa Gorka's house. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so sh- sh- she said she wanted to do it 10 a.m., okay? Right. New York time. So that's 7 a.m. here. So I spent the night here at Julie's, and then we roll on into the drug den after doing vocal warm-ups <laughs> in the morning. I was like, I don't need this bitch to know we, like, just woke up five minutes ago. And we're, like, drinking coffee like nerds. Uh. And um, we come in here, we call her. Uh-huh. No, first of all, there's a snafu with the equipment. Oh, right. There was that. Right. There was <laughs> that like, problem. We like, Nothing worked. And we were like. And that's all my, that's on me. And then in the midst of the equipment breaking down, none of it worked. Not the phone, not right. the phone call, not the equipment, not the headphones, not the mics. Like Julie suddenly couldn't work any of it. And I text Dorinda um, to tell her that we're going to be five minutes late. But I accidentally text on a group text from way back <laughs> when we like met her at Melissa Gorga's. And it's like with Dorinda uh. and Luke, who's Luke on like the ladies of London, like the uh. gay guy who does fucking what's her name's hair. Caroline and, oh, yeah, Stanberry. Yes, Caroline's hair and makeup on ladies of London. So now I'm fucking on a group text with Luke, who's in London. I don't even know what time it is in London. And he's like, Oh, what are we gonna? What's the call about? What are we doing today, girls? And it's like, sorry, Luke. And so then, I'm a moron. So then we call Dorinda because we finally get everything working. The bitch doesn't answer the phone <laughs> like four times. <laughs> so then we're sitting here, and we're like, huh? Well, is she sleeping or? Uh, we don't even know what to do. We're like literally at seven in the morning and we're just, right. we're just sipping on coffee. Not you, that- <laughs> at that point you were like, well, I guess I gotta, I gotta go write the, a new podcast. <laughs> Should I go watch some news? What are we going to do? Do I, what, what are we going to do? I was like, well, let's call Luke. Yeah. You go, maybe we should just call Luke <laughs> and like talk about like fucking Theresa May and Brexit and shit. Yeah. He, he obviously is right by the phone. But then of course, once we said Luke, <laughs> yeah, uh, ha ha ha. Yeah, we are going to do call. We actually need to call you right now and talk. He's like, I'm running into <laughs> class. It's like, oh, now you're, a cl- you're taking a class. You're a student. Right. Yeah. A student of what? Not doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So then we're like sitting here and time's ticking away and we're like, we're fucked. So then anyway, she, 
she answers and of course she's you know laying by the pool with her parents and the berkshires <laughs> and completely forgot yeah um but anyway so you'll hear now you know the whole backstory yeah in five minutes from now when that <laughs> right when that interview plays right let's if i'm sh- quite sure the eye of the shit storm is my mental state <laughs> but let's hear let's get to it take some shit put it up on the wall check it out for a while you take that shit up off of the wall put it down on the floor in a glass bowl you take some buck put it up on the wall where the shit used to be okay by the time you guys hear this it'll be tuesday but last week on thursday the major eye of the shitstorm was the senate's revamped and revised health care plan Right, because we were originally supposed to do this on Thursday, but right, not but it's still it's still the I mean it's, it's still, still the all the shit. news it's still, the still all shit. the news. Um, so the House of Representatives had already released their plan, if if y'all remember from like a month ago or something, um, which was their revised you know Obamacare fucking thing, um, and since then we've been waiting for the Senate to write and release their plan. Just a refresher. <clears throat> Just a refresher. Just a refresh. Refresh and relax. I'm I've lost my mind. There are two branches of Congress. So here's a little civics class. There are two, which I constantly forget. I call it government. We called it government and economics. We didn't call it civics. Oh, I don't think we had. I think we had a government and pop. No, economics. you had civics. I don't think I had civics. Well, then how'd you know? I don't even really know. I don't know. Oh, you, so you had government and economics. I think okay. so. Um, okay, so there's two branches of Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And the way this works is the House releases their health care plan, which passed, and then the Senate releases theirs. If the Senate passes its own bill, the House will either have to approve the Senate version or negotiate a compromise with senators. Right. So the House, when they passed theirs, that was that whole thing where fucking Trump went on the Rose Garden and was like, this is so fantastic. Right, I mean, it's like, what? Yeah, that's a little premature. And bug. when Paul Ryan put had the sandwich board and was like, this is going to change American right. lives. And where they we have it. Here it is. <laughs> and he pulled, held it up. He was like, you know, and with his gross smile. And he was like, <laughs> Julie's doing it. She's imitating it just for me. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't realize no one can. Hear Here, and I can't see, it. but here's here's if you could close your eyes and listen or imagine with your eyes. <laughs> yeah. And here's what I imagine him to sound like doing smiling going like <laughs> she's holding up a paper like it's a sandwich board <laughs> you're so weird like remember they went and had the pep rally in the fucking basement and then got on the bus tools Ugh, they're so gross and you're like <laughs> you had them doing their ties like they loosened their ties oh like oh they, yeah they're, man they're like eye of the tiger <laughs> singing eye of the tiger okay so the senate hated the plan that the house rushed through and that plan did suck ass. Uh-huh. But ironically enough, it did not suck ass as bad as this plan <laughs> because this plan cuts funding for Planned Parenthood. And um, that one didn't. Right. Um, so, of course, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McTurtle, <laughs> he didn't like, you know, that Planned Parenthood. They, didn't, they hated the House bill. So Mitch McTurtle and all his cronies went underground and wrote this bill up. And they kept it a huge secret. They wouldn't tell one fucking detail about it until Thursday when it was finally released exactly like, really not exactly, but approximately one week before the Senate will like, that's going to vote on it. They're all going to (sighs) vote. Yes. And Mitch McTurtle can only lose two Republican votes and still pass the bill. 
which is why he kept the whole thing a secret. He wanted to win over all of his colleagues behind closed doors without the pressure from the press and their respective constituents. God forbid these senators actually listen to the fucking voters in their states. Like, he wouldn't let anyone read it so the voters couldn't look at it. The voters couldn't... So that the, the, the actual senators couldn't be like, here's what's in the bill. And, right. the, and the voters would give feedback like, fuck you. We don't like that. Right. And they were not going to be having any of that. And they couldn't have any, just no, dis- it's uh, no dissent at all. Apparently they're just going to, but it didn't work. No. Um, regardless of his machinations, machinations, <laughs> is that how you say that? Um, there are plenty of Republican senators who aren't feeling the garbage fucking plan and plenty of voters who are making their voices heard. People, uh, were picketing outside of Senate offices. Yeah. And like they had to be dragged. They were in the oh, hallway. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. At, like, at Mc, Mc, McTurtle's office. I mean, they were pull- there. There was one lady in a wheelchair. They yeah, had to carry Somebody out. had an oxygen tank. Like, they called it a, a death in instead of a sit in. Oh, uh-huh. Because they're all like disease right, people, right, I guess. Right. A way to go dragging someone away in a wheelchair. Yeah. They pulled. I. They, they have it all. And you can watch it all probably now on YouTube. It was all in the news. But they're like pulling a woman off the floor <laughs> and like and her life. She's like making her body limp so they couldn't carry her. And like the, that guy so on that, the plane. The, the most amazing one was when. Yes, exactly. So they're carrying the lady. She is dead weight. She is dead weight. She is committing so hard. And it's it's a lady and a man. <laughs> she, well, cop. she's near death as well. Right. She's just committing, committing, committing. They're carrying her, her legs, not moving her legs. So so as they're dragging her, there's a woman in a wheelchair in an oxygen tank. The police officer trips over the, ox- <laughs> the, 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 the wheelchair. Then the three of them take a tumble. So now they all fall down with the lady that they're trying to carry out. And it's just so good. I mean, and you then know they- I'm hungover when the... Cop falling over a wheelchair and taking down someone in an oxygen tank. Yeah. It sounds hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. And then they end up having to carry the lady like a backwards baby <laughs> out. Like, so like, um, Instead of, like you know what I mean? She's facing the floor? Yeah, she's facing the floor, but they're taking <laughs> yeah, they're- one like like a cow. What is it? You know, like. um, like Were they like hog tire? Yeah, but from the other direction. So wait. What? So her bo- she's <sighs> facing down, but her legs are up and her arms are back. Oh, yeah, that's hogtied. That is hogtied. Yeah. So she, that's kind of like the position she's in. They're having to carry and what, her And what, her like titties are all bonking out? Like, I mean, or whatever. I mean, she's wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. I don't want my titties all exposed, like pushing out I like think that. we <laughs> now. I think we know since the lady cop took a tumble over the old wheelchair that she's not going to go very far carrying that big lady hogtied down the hallway. You know, they're going to have to stop. I mean, I can't even when I'm, if I have to move a couch, you know, like when you move a couch, you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Just wait, just wait, just wait. I need 10 seconds. And you know they had to do that with a human person. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, fucking lame. Well, it didn't work because they they can't even lose two Republicans, and there's already five yeah. who've gone on record. Well, there's the four, the famous four: Ted Cruz, and there's a new one, Rand now. Paul, right? Oh, that other guy that was on TV. Yeah. I don't remember his name. So is it? But yeah. Lion Ted, uh, Lion Ted. Oh, Rand Paul, Rand Paul, kooky hair head. Yeah. <sighs> Those are the main. Who ones. are the other but two? There's, I can't remember. Yeah, there's a, there's. The Fab Four now. Then there's John the, McCain, the new probably. guy from. Um, no, John McCain loves it. He oh, he loves, loves it? it. Yep. Um, wow. The new guy is from Vegas. He doesn't um, or Nevada. He doesn't like it. Okay. And he's Republican, so they're fucked. It's not going to pass. But we're going to talk about it anyway for ten, three more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because they're they're going to keep trying it. They're going to keep trying it, and they're going to keep trying it. So. And and also, I just want to say before I we just quickly like bullet point what's in the shitty plan. Uh-huh. It's that 
Oh, God. I don't understand why people are surprised they're losing their health care. They voted. They all acted like everyone who voted for Donald Trump and even, you know, a lot of Republicans, period, who maybe didn't like Donald Trump. They didn't like Obamacare. And now everyone's like crying because they're losing their health care. Well, they didn't want Obamacare. Yeah. So what what is your theory on that? Well, my theory is the people. Well, first of all, the people that I think for mostly we're seeing um not Republicans protesting. I think those are really Democrats. But the ones that are. No, I even, don't think. No, I don't think it's Republicans protesting. But when they're polling every every state. Yeah. The polls are coming back like no one's happy. with. Oh, it. right. And I'm like, well, well, who are where are the people in the red right. states? What did you think was going to happen? Oh, I truly believe that they thought that like Donald Trump said, we're going to we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. We're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. So what? We're what? Do good. I know. So, but what did you? I think they thought they were going to Obamacare was going to end, and there was going to be a seamless to new healthcare. That what? Yeah, they, that, that that is amazing. That apparently is incredible. That well, it's going to be great. That it's going to be affordable. That it's going to that it's going to change everything. And they nobody thought it through. I, I just think it's it's outrageous that people are surprised on any level that they're losing their fucking health care, you know, because that's what losing Obamacare means. Well, plus, and also that they hate the new health care plan. They thought that the Republicans were going to come. I mean, if nothing, this should be an indication of what when they say, like, we want to help or we're going to have this great health care. It's like they're not coming for you. They're not going to help you. <laughs> the people that want need anything to do with care, you. They don't think you are a human being. They don't. Trump, even in his whatever, uh, in that meeting he had, or was that a speech he gave? He said he doesn't want poor people in his cabinet. Like, he's, they see you. If you need Medicaid or Medicare or you're collecting Social Security, A, you're old, you're useless. Useless. You have nothing you're not you're contributing. contributing. Exactly. You're, you're a drain. You're a you're fucking... drain. So they hope you die. You go die. And then I mean, <laughs> and then and then it's like everyone else who has a pre existing condition or just anything that requires help. They're not going to want to. They're not help. They're oh, not, they're help they're not helpful. They're not helpful. No, no. But they don't care because they want you to take care of your own self for whatever that means. And they just your health insurance isn't their priority. Their priority is making health insurance companies money. Oh, making money, period. Um, I know that makes me. Did y'all hear that? It's yeah. I'm just I guess I'm, I'm putting it back in the I'm putting, putting it back in the vernacular. Do you think they're going to start wearing cowboy boots? And stuff? Gross. I never did that. I can't stand cowboy boots. Put them right up there with fucking pink cat eye sunglasses. OK, <laughs> those are two things I hate. And by the way, a lot of people wear those together. That's probably what she was wearing what? in fucking Thelma and Louise. I swear to you, she's wearing pink cat eye sunglasses and a cowboy boots, probably because oh. those whole outfits in Thelma and Louise get on my last damn nerve. <laughs> and so does Brad Pitt. You know, I can't stand Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. He, that's right. He, he's in Thelma and Louise. He bugs on at the top of the list in that. That was yep. the top of his buggery. That's right. right when he started bugging. And everyone had to get lady hard ons from here to fucking <laughs> the end Tim of the Buck earth. Too. Yeah. To, for him and I'm just like he bugs so hard oh <sighs> okay so I wanted to tell y'all about <laughs> this thing but I won't about how the Trumps I have to do it fucking Eric and Don Jr. Mm-hmm. went on Good Morning America and announced that they're gonna do um three-star hotels in all this basically in all the states where Donald Trump won it's because whenever they do on the campaign trail they stayed in all these 
tragic fucking three-star like holiday inns or whatever and in a lot of these areas there isn't a five-star hotel obviously or they would have stayed like if i've literally went to a see a ufc fight with my best friend in bakersfield and that bitch will not she is like a five-star she we had we had to stay in like a holiday Inn express and she was horrified at 6 a.m she's like knocking on my door like let's roll i'm like uh so um god she couldn't live my life so uh, so they they stayed so the trump stayed at all these like three-star hotels Mm -hmm. and they you know they're like there's just really you know there's there's an opening in the marketplace for nicer hotels um you know more quality three-star hotels so they're going into all those places that like voted for donald trump they're buying up those hotels turning them into trump a trump brand they're doing all americana in the fucking lobbies like coke machines and american flags in an effort to hoover up every last fucking dollar from those states that support their dad oh and my yeah. God. And they go on Good Morning America. And I swear the the hosts of Good Morning America were like lo- just looking at them appalled. And then they go and then they go on to say they're like, oh, well, but is your dad. I mean, is, is this something your dad's gotten behind? I mean, you, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, no, he's told he loves it. And it's like, well, he does because I thought he wasn't supposed to be involved. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, I mean, he's he's not running the day to day, but we do show him the balance sheet. And it's like, yeah, you're not supposed to be doing that. Wow. So yeah, they're going to go They're It's just, they're going to take all the animals they killed and put their heads up on the walls and stuff. I wonder if they'll do that. Very Americana. Mighty's ears lifted up when you said that. She's like, girl. <laughs> all right. So um, I'm glad I got to tell you about the hotel thing. Cause that's you were fucked riveted. up. That, I am riveted. That's so gross. Because then that's what goes along with the thing you said. Why don't you put some money into hospitals, into healthcare then? We're nothing but dollar signs. That's and it. Es- especially the people... We're not even dollar signs because we didn't vote for them. And right. we're in a blue state. So right. we'll be ignored. But everyone but these, in red states. Yeah. And you know what? There's going to be a fucking idiot in a trailer park probably who needs oxygen and who's an opioid addict or whatever. Exactly. Who's going to go and stay in that hotel and wear the Trump make America great hat, hat again and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what is your fucking problem? <laughs> What's the matter with you? I'm wearing a, somebody addicted to fucking opioids and wearing a make america great again in a trailer park with an oxygen tank. Oh, i mean i don't want to hear about the opioid crisis anymore by know, the way it's Just happening like, though that thing is on and you know it what is and this is why we need fucking health care yeah and, and also drug companies that caused it yeah and again right and it's like yeah because that's who also they when they they don't want the opioid crisis to go away because their no. big pharma pharmaceutical companies are making money off of it come on <laughs> All right, well, let's stop talking about um, the Senate health care plan and fucking trailer park people. And um, <laughs> since that bill's never going to pass anyway, and um, here are the thing with Dorinda. Here are the off limits oh. with Dorinda. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. I'm going to let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Die. Turn. Work. Let's have a kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. This segment is called Off Limits, and it's where we talk to activists, philanthropists, or celebrities about a subject that's usually off limits, politics. Okay, so we did this segment last week, but we're doing it again because we got the opportunity to talk to someone that we absolutely love. You guys probably know Dorinda Medley from The Real Housewives of New York on Bravo, but what you might not know is that her late husband Richard was considered finance royalty in Washington. He got his doctorate from Yale in political science and then worked for various committees on Capitol Hill, including the Democratic Senate leadership and the House Banking Committee. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but before Hillary Clinton, the original OG lady on the scene was Geraldine Ferraro. 
Geraldine Ferraro was so fucking badass. Please go to mm-hmm. HBO or Amazon and watch the documentary about her called Paving the Way so you can see what a gangster she was. Anyway, Geraldine Ferraro was the first female vice president nominee in history. She ran with Walter Mondale in 1984, and Dorinda's husband, Richard, was her fucking speechwriter. Stop it. right. Stop it. Yeah, and you, see this, and you see the speeches in the documentary, and they were incredible. Now, we love Dorinda anyway for all the laughs on Housewives. I mean, let's be real. She single-handedly brought the show back after Bethany left, and then she was the only thing that made the show tolerable after Bethany came back, being annoying on a level 10. But after learning all of this about Richard, we are truly honored that she agreed to come on our ridiculous show and tell us stories about him hi Dorinda hi Dorinda <laughs> how are you and another fun fact Geraldine lived across the street from us <gasps> oh my god in the ta- so we lived on 63rd I lived in a townhouse on the same street as Sonia 63rd street uh, but mine was between Park and Madison hers is between like second and third not that that matters not that that matters <laughs> good to know it matters to us <laughs> I know can't wait to come to New York knock easy. knock knock <laughs> Now, I thought Geraldine Ferraro lived, I don't know why, but I thought she lived in California. No, her and her husband lived across the street in the building across. So they would actually come over every once in a while and sit in the garden with us. Oh, my God. I mean, they, Richard and Geraldine were very close because they, you know, Richard, believe it or not, when Geraldine met Richard in uh, Washington, he looked like ZZ Top. Like the first time I saw a picture of him with Geraldine, he had this big, long beard. Oh. I was like, what is Geraldine Ferraro doing with ZZ Top? He's like, no, that's me. <laughs> I mean, Richard had a long beard. He was the original oh, I'll hipster. Send a, I'll send you a picture. You won't even recognize. He looked because Richard was a real liberal. I mean, he was like, you know, he he had he fought the cause no matter what it was. It could mm. be like, you know, keep Maricino's, keep Maricino's, whatever it's called, Maricino's cherries. He'd be like, OK, that's fine. Let's do Let's go. Let's march. Let's have so it. he was always fighting for the underdog no matter what it was. And he just Absolutely. like that was and his you cause. Know what was amazing when I was married to him is. There was always the cast of characters. We had a beautiful garden at the time. And I'd come home and you never knew who was going to be sitting in your garden. Mm. You ne- It went everything from the original, you know, uh, leader of the Baptist March, uh, you know, to any, you just didn't know. And he always, Richard had this wonderful uh, saying, and he used to say it to me, you, if you want, every, there's not one person in the world that you should sit with and take one thing away from. Everybody has something interesting to teach you. Everybody. So when he had his funeral, it was everyone from the guy that parked our car <laughs> to, you know, people from Washington to everything because he just had this common touch. I always say he, he reminds me of that beautiful poem, you know, if. If you can walk with kings and queens and you know still be humble, he just had this wonderful way, and I think that's why he was so relevant and in his life he moved through life with such ease because he brought a comfort level and a safety level. Well, to Julie's you. favorite thing in the world is our rich liberals. There's like only a few ri- really rich Democrats, and she right. thinks they're like unicorns, and she yeah. loves them because usually rich people are um, Republican and or conservative because it's all about keeping money and so- white and. And old and, what, and a man right 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 so when you meet someone especially <laughs> like, at a country say, club right right and now here we have a rich white guy you could say like who's super liberal like that like that doesn't come along often and that does that speaks volumes to how special he was well it's so funny even when richard did the thing with black friday or whatever it was with george Soros, where they drove the pound down he it wasn't never it was never about like i would say to him hey how much money did he's like it wasn't about the money Dorinda. it was about the formula i figured out to drive the pound down so he never did anything 
And he didn't really have this. I always say this to people. Richard didn't even carry a real ATM card. I wouldn't let him. Because if I gave him an ATM card or gave him any money, he just gave it away. He gave he all just, the money away. That's great. <laughs> he was a giver away. But there's a scene, actually, I think, with Carol when they come up for his memorial. And my mother's like, too much. Because I used to give him $1,000 in cash a week. And he's just giving away. And <laughs> God, I wish I was so married So the poor to guy died with a fake ATM. He'd say, hey, Sudi. Um. My ATM card's not working again. I'm like, really? Oh, well, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that I never so did. That's so funny. Now, Here's so a thousand bucks. Did you guys meet, and what's your deal with Hillary Clinton? Well, I he knew Hillary before me, and she called him Dick, which I always love. To this day, when I see her, she's like, you, how are you doing since Dick passed? I'm like, I don't think, but that's a very Ohio kind of thing. Mm. You know, so she was, he was just very close to Hillary and to Madeleine Albright. And we did a lot of campaigning for them. He loved oh. Madeleine Albright. Um, you know, they, they're the old school. You know, they're the OGs. They, they really live, drink, eat, and give their life to politics. It's not for grandstanding. So these are people that were committed. And Richard was very committed. And I loved Richard because Richard had a very, even though he was a liberal at heart and a Democrat, he had a bipartisan mind. So we could sit with anybody, Condoleezza Rice, anybody, and he he used to say to me, she's hysterical, isn't she? You know, so she, we, she, he was, you know, what he voted for in things was not how his mind worked. His mind was open to all, you know, uh, beliefs or, you know, right. opinions, which I think makes for a very creative, you know, tolerance makes for a very creative person and being open makes for a very creative person. And it makes you a better problem solver, I think. When you get too one-sided, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, you know, There's a lot of gray in life. There's yeah. a lot of gray in life. So did you guys like Hillary? I mean, let's say, well, what oh did you guys God, meet Obama? I love her. You did? I love Hillary. I, of course, she's been in my house and stuff. Yeah, I have pictures. I, I can send you pictures. Yes, well, I loved her. So when people, when you hear people, I went to a birthday party actually. <laughs> I love when you hear people like disparage her, say she's lying, she's shady, she's a bit, she's all these things. And do you, like, I don't care. Well, obviously, <laughs> where do you think that hangs out with housewives? Well, well, where do you think that comes from? Like, how are people? Why are they they feeling this way? Like, what do you think happened? I think that you know what. Nothing, again, is black or white in politics. You can't. And people think that there's some magical thing you do when you take on these titles and you can just press a button or ding with a magic wand. Politics is a process that you have to go through. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you make stances that maybe right. seem, you know, it's like, so you can't, of course, we can all do it people do it with me on the show you're this no you're that right no you're not anything you're a little you're you're a living being that's making mistakes and trying to make decisions and execute through life and i don't think government's any different you're so right that's the thing about you that's on the show i find, I find I, it very interesting i mean listen i don't want to get into politics with trump i know that's what, what that's what we want you to do we want to I get into think, politics. i think everybody that he appealed to thought he had he could just go in there as did he because he's been running a business yeah and just say you know it's not like changing the marble in a bathroom i want black marble now Ding! no you have to go through a ma- these people have been doing this a long time and you know as we learned from the electric company you know the, the legis you know how how the government works it's got many layers you have to get through yeah. and they're tough yeah we were gonna we, just so you know I know you've never heard this podcast but we talk about politics like we talk about reality TV oh so oh, we, good. we basically just talk shit and then like you know <laughs> analyze it like it was a TV show this week so feel free please we want to ask you about 
Trump, well, we like, have the per- we have the perfect candidate to do that because the crossover has taken place. We, have, yes. I mean, I actually watched. I said to someone, I mean, I was running home for the debates. I even forgot who I was voting for because I almost watched it like the reunion show. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh my God, oh my, exactly. Oh my God, it's reunion part three. You yeah. <laughs> well, now you guys obviously met Trump too. I mean, over the years, like, I mean, there's no way I you didn't, didn't meet him. Trump through Richard. I met Trump actually through a dear friend of mine. I was very good friend. I am very good friends with. Uh, Saul Kersner, who started Atlantis uh, Par- and you know, built Paradise Island and Sun City in a- South Africa and oh. the casino. So I used to go to dinners and he would be there because it would be like him, Steve Wynn, you know, all the titans of the casino world. Wow. And he's exactly the way he is in real life is the way he is. Exactly the way you see him on TV or as a president is the way he is in real life. You know, he, he's a character. Yeah. Is Steve Wynn gay? <laughs> Or is that? I don't think so. Okay, I, mean, I, I, I wasn't sure. I don't know anything about his personal life, but we love staying at the Win, and he has a thing where he comes on the TV and he tells you about all the restaurants. And me and Julie will sit up for dr- hours, drunk and fascinated, and be like, "Is no, he gay?" You know, he's he's blind. He's blind. He's got tunnel vision. What? You mean for real? It act, that's an actual disorder. You can yeah, have? yeah. No, what it is is you can't. He can't. It's very sad. He got this. It's actually a thing where you can only look straight on. You can't look to the right. You no can't peripheral. Look to the left. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, no peripheral. So I think that causes sort of a little social disconnect. Obviously, but he's a very nice man. Oh, um, oh my God! Well, and, oh, we love him. And talented. I mean, the, the the way he's done. I think the Wynn hotels are some of the nicest Beautiful. hotels to stay in. Incredible. <laughs> and he's vegan. I mean, if I were a high roller in Las Vegas, it'd be the only place I stayed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it's the only place we stay, and we're, you know, white low, trash. We're low rollers. Yeah. <laughs> we're bottom rollers. Right. Ever heard of that? Hey, I'm a bottom roller. You got a nickel table? <laughs> Next time I see someone maybe gay, I'm going to say, do they, are they gay or do they have tunnel vision? Tunnel vision. That's what I'm going to say when they ask me. Like, are no, you a lesbian? You no, I have tunnel quote vision. Me. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. Okay, so, um, well, Trump, and now, did you like him personally, or was he kind of like a blowhard, braggadocious bugger in Lech. real life? You know, I am, um, you know, he's a character. And Richard, he was very different than, you know, Richard or my first husband. I can't believe I'm collecting husbands at this point. <laughs> my mother, my mother's very proud. <laughs> you know, my mother who goes to church every day of her life. Yeah. You know, uh, um, he, he does listen, I, he doesn't, he doesn't suffer from humility. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, and he, he's, he's very much of, he, he's a self promoter. Right. The, the guy is a walking game show host. I mean, he's really he's larger than life. Now, you did real estate. You, you, you can't guys, miss them. Were you competitive you with him in real estate? Oh, God, come on. <laughs> I was a single mother working on the Upper East Side trying to do a little job until I picked Hannah up at school. Let's be true. Doing but like that's how I met quarter. Richard. I got the biggest real estate deal ever. I, I got him his townhouse that I eventually lived in. I actually wrote an article. Uh-huh. They wrote an article on me in the New Yorker saying, and I didn't realize I was being quoted. I thought I was just talking before I understood that they're actually writing everything. I said, if I knew I was going to be living in this townhouse, I would have made him get the bigger one. Yeah. And they were like, quotes! My Dorinda, Mrs. Bentley! Now, just like, really, Dorinda? Have you guys met, um, oh, did you meet, ever meet Obama? Briefly, but we he didn't really have a relationship with him. I mean, it was very just, you know, twice removed. So no, we, and I, I, you know, I love Michelle and Brock. But remember, that was sort of, that was when he was, I think, a li- you know, once Hillary lost, I think he kind of, mm. you know, got bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. she lost the primary. Yes. 
So that was, so yeah. For him, it was the way we all felt after, you know, after Hillary lost this time. You know, we all kind of, well, me, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, I don't want to see a paper. I don't want to watch the news. I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were definitely Where's my like, sleeping pills? Yeah, no, we, we were like that. And then we had started this podcast and now we know more than we ever wanted to know. But you were me. sad. Yeah. You were sad after the primary I cried. with Obama. I went just, just, I mean, it's not for nothing. We were on a. No, what? not that. I mean, she's talking about after the primary when Hillary lost the first. Oh, yeah. No, I was, but I'm talking I was, about after Trump. Oh, okay. One. Yeah, no, Julie cried. I moved on. <laughs> yeah, I was very keep sad. It, keep up, keep up. No, you yeah. got, well, after the initial very thing. very fast here. Yeah, after the initial breakup, you cry for a minute and then you just got to keep moving on. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what else can you do? Um, well, but that's what I said even about Trump. I said, listen, I, I'll be honest. I didn't vote for him, as you can see. I did the Women's March. I did all that. But now I got to hope for the best. The right. good news is, as, I, as, as you can see, which I do, you know, America does keep moving. And the government does work at some level. You know, we are, you know, as much as we have all these antics every day and you never know what you're going to wake up to, what tweets. I mean, it's kind of the first thing I do in the morning to see what he tweeted. I, I'm, I'm engaged in it, okay? Yeah, and that's it, good. It is, that's interesting, <laughs> yes. I think. A um, lot of people are engaged. You know, the government keeps moving. So something works. You know, the system we set up does work, which makes me feel a little better. And, you know, listen, I hope to God I was wrong. I hope to God that, you know, he sees something I didn't see, that I, you know, that we do come out of this uh, a stronger, better make this country great again country you know i i have to hope for the best what can i do it's i say it's like playing lacrosse you hate the team i used to play lacrosse and i'd hate the team when i was captain of lacrosse kill them win and then when you lose you're like we're lacrosse players hey you want to go grab a piece of pizza let's go you know right so you know you kind of have that gotta have that team mentality now well do you think since you had a a close you know intimate relationship with politics with richard do you think that it's corrupt or is it Corrupt, but able to get the job done. I don't, you know, those are difficult questions. You know, I'm not that engaged in it. And Richard was more intellectually engaged than politically active. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was more, he, because Richard's role, uh, what Richard really did is uh, he was a guy that, he was one of the first people to figure out how the political world, especially the geopolitical world, affected the financial world, which sounds so obvious now. But back when Richard started doing this in the 80s, there was the political world and then there was the financial world. And they really didn't communicate as much as they should. Richard would say, "Okay, because of X, this is going to affect the markets financially. That's why he could never trade or anything, because he was basically making, you know, prediction insider, not insider, but predicting things based on his knowledge of political movements and stuff. So he had to be very careful. Uh, He ran a company called Medley Capital and then RHM Global that did political reports he put out every day. I mean, it was even personal things. I remember when the Pope died, he I, I was up one morning and. You know, it was I think it was right about Easter. Yeah, it was Easter. And he said, oh, look at that guy. You know he's dead right now. They had him in front of the TV. You only saw his back. I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, he's dead. What? One of the maids <laughs> told me in the Vatican that he's dead and that they're not going to say anything until Easter's over because they don't want the Lara to drop. Oh, that's my when the Lara, God. That's when the Lara was still there. That's how long ago it was. So that was Richard. Richard, you know, was sort of a magic eight ball. Wow. And people put trusted and believed him and paid for his reports. 
Yeah, we read that he was, you know, like, I mean, I mean, obviously he was like, a, you know, in economics, he was a genius and the, that he had a gift for the intangible, it said. Like he had some yeah. quotes saying if if it was all about, you know, formulas, every economics professor would be a millionaire. But it's like there was, you know, he was just. Yeah, well, that's what he was. But and he just had this insight on things, uh, you know, and he was very and he was clever and he was funny. I mean, I think one of the he saved this paper forever that was like I, you know headless woman in topless bar he's like that's my kind of line and he loved he was being... I love that he, he was, was like... so not sexist at all like he was, yeah. he was like such no. a champion of women yeah no he wasn't he wasn't anything sexist racist nothing no, no what no. would he, what do you think that he would say about Trump would he be surprised by all I think of he'd this? find it fascinating I think he would be writing two reports a day I think he would be absolutely engaged, fascinated, interested, uh, and open. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's, do you, he said, "Do you, when you um, would he?" He didn't talk- make sweeping statements of hate or this or that. He just—that's not how I do that. It was very funny. He used to say all the time about him and you know, because people would see us together, and I love to talk. Which was more of the you know intellectual kind of very funny, very clever, very kind of British in that way. You know, very sort of one-liners. Right. But he said one day, because someone was like, ah, you and Dwayne are so different. I mean, blah, 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 blah. He said, let me tell you how it works with us. Let's just say we're in a bad situation. I make the map, and then when it's time to execute it, I hand it to her. Because if I don't hand it to her, I'll just keep on making the map, and before you know it, we'll be killed. (laughs) Dwayne's like, give me that map. We're going. I mean, I think, honestly, that you, even though you say you make sweeping statements, at least on the show anyway, we're not going to talk too much about the show, but I feel like you you are able to get nuanced mm-hmm. and you do boil it down. The thing about you that I lo- we always love on the show is that you're able to sort of boil down a, in a, a, any situation or person into like one line and it's always like devoid of like the hysteria of yeah. the moment. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we love about oh, you. So good. I think like that's why that show has even became standable because you were boiling everyone down. Yeah. And just like, come on. <laughs> the time when you were on the stairs. Oh, that was the best. We love that. And you're in the one piece bathing suit and you're like in your suitcase and you're like, I haven't even put my contacts in. And they come up and Heather's like, well, there's a man in the room. And you're like, I thought a body washed up onto the shore. I need to put my contacts in. Like, get over it. There's a man in the room. You're a grown fucking woman. Um, did you guys ever t- like in when with your daughter or with family or whatever like you know a lot of people won't talk po- they say don't talk politics you can't talk politics and in a relationship you can't talk politics it's the worst thing you can do did he did you guys we didn't again we didn't have sweeping statements like that he was very fluid and he was uh you know when we were with the kid the kids what richard did it wasn't about politics it was about being knowledgeable it was about it was about understanding all things so even Hannah says it all the time. I am the philosopher, the political thinker, the activist, the, the uh, my conference level is because Richard, because Richard was fluid. Right. Let's read about this. Let's read philosophy from, you know, you know Canton and understand how to apply for today. So they would literally sit in my library here and review all philosophy books. He was just, he wasn't a big you know, sweeping statement person. He was all about being knowledgeable. Knowledge truly was power for him. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we sat around and said, I hate this. He'd say, what do you guys think of this? How do, and that's how he would be today. Let's talk about that. Right. What is this? How did this happen? This probably happened in the Roman Empire. Is this the destruction of something? Are we repeating history? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it, he was all about opening up the discussion. 
which I think is what people are missing because when people say you can't talk politics at the dinner table or in a family gathering or whatever, I feel like that misses the mark because then what you're doing is shutting down knowledge. That's exactly right. It's not that you shouldn't talk about politics. It's that you need to talk about it fluidly Mm -hmm. and allow people to have their opinions. The minute you stop in any situation, people having look at even when you're arguing, you hear people say, "You're not listening to me. You're not listening to my feelings." That's when it goes wrong. When you get too reactive, mm-hmm. and I think I, you'll see this at one point. Bethany and I actually have a little thing, and and I said to her the next day, "You and I are reactive, and I, it doesn't work." And I've had to teach myself, uh, you know, since Richard passed, because I was so reactive, I was so angry, to to listen. And when you stop being reactive in life. Even if you don't agree with what the other person said, you can get your head around their side of it. Right. Yeah. And I, then you can problem solve. Right. No, I, I relate to that. Like, major. oh, okay, you know what? I, I, I get it. You hate blue. I mean, right. I love blue, but you hate it. So guess what? Maybe I just won't wear blue when I'm around you. <laughs> hey, there you go. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Let's go get a drink. Right. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I'm very reactive, so I completely relate to that. So I think yeah. that's a very good lesson to... Um, <clears throat> to try and you know yeah. learn from. I actually think there's power in not being reactionary. Right. I think that well, for this is Brandy. For me, I feel like I get vulnerable when someone gets a reaction out of me. So uh, I think of yes. it like you're not going to get well, I, me. I just try to. Say, I think you saw it. Not to go back to the show, but I think you saw it in the living room at my house. You know, Bethy barely said two words, and somehow she came off very powerful. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right? Yes. And what? Yes. And when I do finally um, explode or react, then I leave the situation feeling like a fucking loser. You know, <laughs> I because regret you it. lose your, you lose the message. I often, as 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 Carol says, I often, you know, there's an old saying that my mother used to say all the time. You know, rain, rain. You know, flowers grow because of rain, not because of thunder. Mm. Right. You know, so exactly. Right. That took a I'm second. A th- that did take I'm a second. A of, I'm a lot of thunder, but right. sometimes you just need that quiet rain. I think you're. You got. I think you have some rain. I don't think you're all all thunder. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, I. You know, not for nothing. I think. I think you. You're the smartest one. If we're gonna go oh, IQ. Oh, that's nice. Um. Okay. So, do you watch the news? Let's get into like some. Oh do gosh. you watch any like Rachel Maddow or like? Uh, are you kidding me? We listen. Hannah and I listen to her podcasts nonstop. That's all. Oh, hold on one second. I just got this guy from. Oh, let's listen to this, everyone. What is okay, she, I'll is right it, here. Is this delivery man? Is it the pool guy? My uh, oh. security system. Security! <laughs> <laughs> why? Are people trying to break in your house in the Berkshires or you what? Know, uh, no. Can I tell you something? I got so freaked out after that thing happened with the housewives in New Jersey. Oh, and right. Ev- and everybody was talking about it, how we have to be more aware. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of these. And I, I'll tell you the truth. I was sitting at my pool last year and i saw that i have these cornfields in front of my house i sound like i live in like a fairy tale but and i saw this guy coming through the cornfields with a lens and i thought what is that gross and literally i literally leave my i used to just leave my house unlocked you know go to bed with and i've just become a like it's funny little things you got to be aware of like on my instagram people are like oh i see you're in the berkshires again maybe i'll stop by it's like uh, no, <laughs> exactly. Like you can't tell what hotel you're in and stuff like that because people yeah. will lurk. I hate to say I've become that person a little bit, but you know I've become that person a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, also um, the killer from Children of the Corn could come through those cornfields. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, forget that's that. not real though. <laughs> but if <laughs> I had corn, movie. if I had cornfields in front of my house, that's all I'd I've got. My of. and the good news is I've got my dad here. He he sleeps over with us, so he oh, that's nice. and he and he's a guy that. 
kills what we eat, so we're okay. <laughs> okay, well, it comes from that generation. Now he's like, I'm like, look at that beautiful turkey. This is when I was little. Look at that beautiful turkey. A month later, remember that nice turkey in the backyard? Look at him now. I'm like, oh, no! shit. oh my god. <laughs> Not my friend. That is, that's my, that's my cup. <laughs> that's my cup. I like it. I know you do. I know. My dad would like it because they hate the turkeys in the backyard. He's like, they make holes. Oh, my God. Like, my go- father would fill up. We had one of those, you know, human-sized things. You would put a body in freezer in our basement. I yeah. think every kid did growing up. Yeah. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Yeah. And my mother, between frozen vegetables and stuff and what my father would <laughs> take from the land i don't think my mother ever went to the grocery store that's well, how i gonna, went to college if you're gonna, that's how they, i mean it's like how they send four kids to college i'm like have you seen my basement <laughs> they sent us to college on turkeys and deer meat come on everybody yes, she didn't have to shop I mean, if, well, if that's the, uh, that, if that's how you're going to do it, that's how you should do it. Yeah. If people who are hunting, then you shouldn't be going and to listen, the grocery anything store. Anything with 10 cloves of garlic, butter and salt tastes like chicken. So yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> well, Dorinda, thank you so much for talking to us. Yes, I hope it was. I hope I was informative. You were yeah, very informative. It was great. It was so fun to talk to you. Now, t- tell us, tell our 14 <laughs> listeners where they can find you on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Dorinda Medley, Dorinda Medley, Dorinda Medley. At Dorinda Medley. That's very, I got that name. The first thing I did when I signed out was take my name. Dorinda okay, Medley. that's it, you guys. So um, don't troll her and don't stalk her yeah, in the don't goddamn show pictures. Up. Don't show I up hope to I the... see you too soon. Call me when you're in New York. Uh, of course we will. will. And you won't answer because you'll be in the Berkshires with your parents yeah, and, and it will drive be, out. And it won't be me in the cornfield with a lens <laughs> popping up. No, no, exactly. You'll have your boobs out. You'll have oh, your boobs out. I'll be out, like, hey, Dorinda, yeah. my boobs are out. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye, Dorinda. Okay, that was that. Now that we're done with Dorinda, I think we should have a moment with Melania. Okay, so going with the theme of the show, um, which is a week and a half was old news. This news is actually like. I don't even know. It might be two weeks old. I mean, I but I just found out. I had no idea that Melania and Barron have officially moved into the White House finally. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. We are here now. We are here in Washington, D.C. Oh, we love it. Love it. By love, I mean, you know, don't don't really like it. I can't believe you guys. So it's because Baron is out for the summer. And- Baron is out of school. So now <laughs> uh, he is able to be with his father at the White House. So we moved into a separate room. Um, <laughs> I'm in a separate room than Donald. So I have, you know, it's me. And uh, my security guard, who's just a security guard. He's not my boyfriend or lover or not having an affair with him. He's not big, strong, handsome, caring man. You know, he's not those things. He's he's just just security guard. I thought he's a security guard for Tiffany. Is he actually becoming your security guard or is he just your That's right, for Tiffany. But he come over to check on me too (laughs) when she's there, you know. And then Baron has his own room uh, also in the White House. But it's connected to, yeah, we don't sleep in the same room. (laughs) He's a a young preteen, teen. teen. (laughs) I don't know how old he is actually. (laughs) But... I know that he's tall enough and, you know, he spends lots of time in bathroom, you know, right? Moms, I am also mother. So as mother, 
I know that uh, we get to weird times with our children. And when your son spends so much time in bathroom, you don't know what to say. Keep your $100 face cream out of there. That's right. I don't keep any creams in there now at all. Just put like some Neutrogena body lotion or something. I mean, he needs something. You're right. Well... Yeah, you know, if only some some gentlemen were that thoughtful for us, right? <laughs> they don't give us anything. Why don't you give me something, Donald? <laughs> he put that thing in dry as a bone, and I had to take that in there. <laughs> Nobody brought no K Y nothing. So, are you loving? Um, or do you miss New York? Or are you loving DC? What's I love them? New York City is my home. You know, where Slovenia is my home, but New York is really my home. I like to pretend Slovenia does not exist, but. <laughs> Except for when we do tour and I accept money from them. But I do love New York more than D.C. D.C. is like, you know, it's nice for politics and for White House and for museums and for some nice uh, private white people clubs. But for most part, it's not really for me. You know, it's very, um, you know, dirty and Boring. Boring. The people are not attractive. Right. That's, you what know. I was, that's what I was getting at. Well, didn't you do, you did a tweet and it seemed like you were, you know. Um, well, I like to make it look good. You okay. know, you as the, as the first lady of the United States of America, you need to make it look <laughs> like you care. So I did tweet a wonderful, I took two candles, two tall candles. <laughs> Okay. And I lighted them and put them round the window, the window that faces the big white, um, you know, that that the that tall monument. That, Washington Monument? Right, which makes no sense. Why is that? It's just one big, tall, white dick, you know? I mean, <laughs> I, which I guess that does make sense, actually. But I think we all should know it should be about three times smaller. So I think that... <laughs> um, <laughs> I look out the candles out I mean, the window. Sorry, you cracked yourself up on that one. <laughs> I was laughing because your laugh made me laugh. <laughs> right. You're, you were laughing at that one. <laughs> I didn't think that you would. So, okay, then you look out the window. You're like, oh, there's the big white dick at the DC monument. Look at me in the house. I also want to prove to you that I am in the house. Oh, right. You're actually there because people were going to be skeptical. And say they think I'm staying at the hotel or they think I stay at Four Seasons or they think I stay at the security guard's house, but I don't. I stay <laughs> in the White House, in this room with padlock on my own room. Okay. What did the tweet say? The tweet says, looking forward to the memories we'll make in our new home. Hashtag moving day. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful, wow. no? Yeah. It, it really is. It's yeah. The, you know, many, many, you know, storied and historical figures and, and you know of recent oh and- the most wonderful leaders in the world have lived in the White House and wonderful first ladies I mean Eleanor Roosevelt um <laughs> I know there you know, are other ones. Other there ones. are yeah, other yeah, ones. Yeah, there are yeah, other yeah, ones. Yeah, but yeah, you know, exactly. I know, everyone knows Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also had um, girlfriends <laughs> on the side. You know, she was famous for that. Oh, you know, she later, was. Yeah. Now I realize why you're bringing only her up. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you, Melania, and congratulations again on your move to DC. Now it's time thank for you. so. There's that. Thank you so much.
All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find something positive to say that has come out of all the shitty shit lately. She can never do it, and she complains about it every week, and this week is no different. In fact, literally just 10 seconds ago, the bitch didn't even know what she was doing. Like, literally 10 seconds ago, she was, like, scrolling through her phone. Um, she's definitely reaching with this one, but I, I, I enjoyed it nonetheless, so I, I am allowing it. I mean, where is Aran Aro when we need him? Um, well, Aran Aro, I think, is the one that pointed this out. Really? I think so, yeah. Oh, I thought we found about it, out about it from Hey Queen. No. Oh, okay. No. All right, meow, meow. What is your so there's Okay, that for so the- let me stumble <laughs> around this for a, for a moment. And yeah, it was 10 seconds ago, and I didn't write anything for it. But as you might, may recall, uh, a week ago, I believe, or so, there was a picture taken in the White House with Trump, Melania, and this gay teacher who won the Teacher of the Year 2017. And I guess as teacher of the year, you go and when they win these awards, they get to go to the White House and they get a picture taken with the president. So this guy is from Rhode Island and he's um, a special needs teacher. And my mom is the special needs teacher of the year, by the way. She's the special needs teacher of the fucking century. century. Right. So, yeah, she should. We, you know, we'll make a we, you know, we should cut them out. We'll put a picture of her with it. But you guys should Google this pic because it's it's yeah. really it's so, a delight. To so look the at. picture is incredible. Now, let me just also say I know as an as, as a gay person, I know what's going on. We know that the the White House never made one statement about gay pride when the Obama administration fucking put full rainbow lights on the White House. Well, that was we when had, they passed gay marriage. I mean, they just were so like, and even just Happy Gay Pride Month or whatever it is, like, there's just not one statement about anything to do with, and just even the significance of what gay pride is. And that I thought it was Ivanka a, did. Ivanka was the only one to do it. And then everybody's and like, people, oh, God, Ivanka, right. quit pandering, you <laughs> right. fucking garbage cunt and right. shit like that. It's like, uh, Johnny Wright, didn't you call her erotic cunt when she freaking, Johnny knows, he's listening to this right now. <laughs> yeah, she tries. She tries it. She does try. I mean, but yeah, but it's just sort of like people just aren't having it. So um, also there was a, a, a thing that happened where a guy quit from um, working on like AIDS research within the government because he was just like, this is fucking bullshit. They don't care. Like we are fucked. <laughs> like AIDS, like it's just like all the gay shit has just gone into the garbage with yeah. this administration. Well, into any, the garbage. Everyone's shit. That's true. Everyone's <laughs> all shit. All of our shit just went into That is true. So with that said, people want to say that Trump is, um, and they think that this is happening because Trump is homophobic or against gays. No, I don't think but, that at all. And and I, you know, so I don't either. I don't think he cares. I don't think I he cares don't. one darn bit. I don't. And I, I and I think he enjoys a flamboyant uh, faggotry. God knows he loves attention. So if he's right. getting male attention, still getting attention. So and I just don't think he he's putting a judgment on somebody's lifestyle like that. I just don't think he is the way Mike Pence, I think, is looking at a gay person and going, you need gay conversion therapy. You're going to hell. You're no. sinning. Trump isn't doing that. He doesn't care. And he's was spent right. most of his life horny. I'm sure there's anyone he can relate to more than a gay man. The <laughs> horniest species ever invented. Right. <laughs> So, the, so there's this picture they took of this gay, uh, and why do we know he's gay? Well, we know he's gay because of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the only reason this is newsworthy is because of this picture. So this picture, because there have been wait, a million wait, I'm pictures. I'm to get this guy on, maybe he'll come on the podcast. Yeah, maybe he will. That'd be amazing. Oh Let's reach out God, to him. Oh my God, we've got to do that. That'd be incredible. Shira, so, try to get the guy on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, you, we see this picture, and like I said, Lots of teachers get these pictures. It's not new. It's not news. Nobody's like looking at the picture going, look at that teacher. With the book. <laughs> this is new. This is news because you look at the picture and the guy is, fu- I mean, he is 
flaming out and he's like <laughs> on fire he is on fire he's posing to the side he has a full lace black fan opened he's wearing a golden um necklature i should say he has a nose ring he's like a you know he's a young man i mean and just the pose is and he's just kind of a, foppish he's in like a, a foppish sort of suit isn't he like maybe like a pink yeah and it's lavender. like a suit no no it's, oh, a, it's, it's a, a regular it's a dark suit oh it is no but not no, I don't mean the suits lavender. I mean he's got maybe like a pink tie or I thought a vest. No, it's the it's the it's the it's the it's the necklature. Oh, okay. So I don't know Well, no one knows what that means. Are you saying he's wearing some kind of like ribbon around his neck with a medal on it? Uh no, I'm saying it's like um it's like a gold I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what you necklace? call it. It's like a gold necklace, but it's thick. It's like just oh. goes like this. All right. Okay. You know what I mean? I guess. Um <laughs> so, so So yeah, he's holding a fan. A big fan that's black and lace, and he and he has it open. And there was a whole thing with you know, why'd you even go there? Why would you even take a picture with Trump? Why would you even do this? And he basically was just like, he because he wanted to fucking go to the White House and get of his course. award and take a picture with the president. Who oh, wouldn't? I would one hundred percent. So they asked him a bunch of questions, and here's what I thought was just this is just the best. These are quotes, and I'm reading now from this article from the Washington Post. I was definitely nervous, Giannopoulos said. That's his name. His last name is Giannopoulos. Thank you. Uh-huh. I wasn't I sure. I thought I, maybe his name was Giannopoulos. They- <laughs> <laughs> okay. The entire day I was thinking about what it means to be in the White House and in the Oval Office, he said. What it represents to be an openly gay person and a queer LGBT person in the White House. The lace fan was his partner's, he said, though it has become a regular traveling aid when he visits somewhere warm, as Washington was in April. The gold anchor around his neck was not his standard attire, but he was representing Rhode Island, and it's the state symbol. Oh, that's what that was. That's okay, cute. so it's a, he has an anchor on a necklace. Oh, okay. I was definitely nervous, Giannopoulos said. I didn't know what the reaction would be. No one seemed to notice as he passed through security, he recalled, but Trump spotted Trump spotted the fan shortly after the teachers were led into the Oval Office. He said, I had good style. Giannopoulos grew more confident then, enough that when an aide, a- an aide asked him to put the fan away for his private photo, he raised a small protest. I said, I was hoping to pose with this. He <laughs> said, they said, no, just put it away. He did for a minute, but before he shut or snapped, Giannopoulos asked the president if he minded. He said, sure. So the fan came out. The ensemble was complete and the rest is history. So basically... For me, we're looking for the so there's that moment yes, after all of for, this. For me, um, a huge flaming homosexual <laughs> went into the Oval Office with Donald Trump, who everyone thinks is some huge LGBT bully, and he was on fire. The aide asked him to put his gay fan away. Then the guy asked the president, Trump, do you care if I have this fan? And Trump said, no, you Keep the van. Go out right Good ahead. Good for you. Do you. And he did. And he took a big fat gay picture with the president. And, so. and according to you, you go, I've never seen him smile so big. Trump has oh, like yeah. the biggest smile on the his face. The biggest smile on his face. Because I do believe, and I, you know, of all the criticism and all the and all the grotesqueness that he is, and I do believe he is, I do think he um, appreciates a person with style well, of and course. flamboyance yeah. and who is gay and doesn't care i don't think he cares and granted that is also a negative he should care but he doesn't care so those things will fall to the wayside but at the same time unlike pence and these 
moral moralists and these religious people and these people who will judge you and will use your life and lifestyle and who you are against you. Trump isn't actually doing that. And I also um, think that other presidents and perhaps even Obama. Um, I don't think Obama would have said don't have your fan, but I think that they would have been less approachable about something like that. Like, right. it, like it would have seemed like um, not um, respectful enough for a photo with oh, the president. Right, right. And yet, and the it's cool that he was approachable enough right. and you know piece of shitty enough <laughs> right. that you could easily you're not feeling right. like you're disrespecting any kind of huge office by pulling out a giant lace. Yeah, which and in, in, in maybe in and of itself is a historical moment because. Yeah. Yeah, is it why? And why would it be disrespectful to bring out your big gay fan and take a picture? Because that's who you fucking are. Right. So you get to be who you are, and everyone got to be who they were in that picture. And so there's that. Well, that's it for the episode of Five Dale Dumb Gay Politics. Yeah, um, it's like old bread, right? It's yeah. stale, but you're still happy it's there when you're starving and eat a sandwich. Yeah, or you need to put croutons on a salad, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, or you need something crunchy. Uh, or, or when or you want to eat croutons. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know. Or when you're in between being hungover or drunk to hungover and you need something crunchy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not really. I like, can't oh. even follow it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm in that state of I'm <laughs> drunk, but now I'm getting like. Oh, well, I always need something crunchy. Mm. I was just thinking if I was going to make croutons from the old bread, I'm just going to eat the fucking croutons. Right. I'm not even going to make a salad. Oh, I see. You're just uh, <laughs> I'm going to eat the croutons. Right. Um, mm-hmm. This has been <laughs> so fucking real and so fun. <laughs> But mostly, 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 it's been gay. Oh, and it's been dumb. <laughs> Even now, I the regrets, the regrets I have about this episode. <laughs> Thanks for your support, kids. Uh-huh, it's all shit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not going to let it go down like that because we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast. A dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit. It's all shit. Ooh, it's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh, uh, this shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit trump bears t-r-u-m-p-a-n-a-n-e-s what i don't know i don't even know